The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. All right. We haven't talked in a few weeks, um, but so I don't know what your thoughts were before the series, um, but I'm guessing it was the same as mine and a lot of people that you were hopeful and optimistic that the Penguins might do something. And then, uh, but I did not expect this. <laughs> That's for you sure. Are, I'll, I'll just lay it on the line. I was not hopeful or optimistic for them. I, mm. I did not think, I, I just, I really thought they were kind of going into the playoffs, like limping in for a slaughter. I, I thought they talked about how they're, you know, we have a lot of veterans, we have this leadership, we, that's going to come into play. And, and I'm listening to them talk about that. And I'm thinking, good luck. <laughs> you know, like I've been watching <laughs> these last few weeks. I, I, I just, I just don't see that happening. I don't think you're going to flip that switch. I, it's, it, you're just so far away at this time from flipping that switch that I don't know how that's going to happen. And, and so I, I really expected nothing. And I thought you're going in to play a very good New York Rangers team with a lot of skill, very physical, a, a tremendous goaltender. They've beaten you very soundly the last three times you played. Uh, you know, they, this isn't going very far. I thought five games, maybe six games tops. This, this is another first round exit, 100%. I, I had no hope for them whatsoever. So I will... Uh, yeah, I'll come right out and say it because if if uh, the next couple of games prove me wrong, I mean, so far they've they've absolutely proven me wrong, and it's been really exciting to watch. You you just um you just touched on it. The the they say, well, you can't just flip the switch. They flipped the switch. <laughs> they found the it, switch and they flipped it. <laughs> Silly me for doubting them. You know, I, <laughs> I'm, embar- I'm embarrassed that I doubted them honestly because you know they they really. I think what has really made the difference these last few games is that veteran leadership and experience of those Stanley Cup runs that this team has had a large number of its members. You know, you have um, you have the Penguins core who have been through those Stanley Cups. And then you have other players who have been added, like Jeff Carter, who have also been through those types of experiences, even if not with this team. You have players that have this type of experience. And I think it's just such a well-built team for this type of situation. Um, it's really come into play for me for the last few few games. And last night, I'm watching them thinking, okay, they, they have a 4-1 lead. Where have I seen this before? And are, are they going to have learned anything? And that, to me, is where you really see a team come to you know, the experience and so on sort of come into play. The game before, in the second period, they came out and they completely blew that lead. It's four to one. By the end of the period, it's four to four. They have to find a way to come back and win that game. And eventually they did. And Mike Sullivan said that that made me incredibly proud because a lot of teams wouldn't have done that. That would have been it. They would have been done. And he's right. And this team was not done. And they did find a way to get that game. And last night they learned a lesson from it. And, you know, I I think the Rangers just may not have that yet. They're a team that's newer to this. And, And some teams just have to go through it before 
they get that experience and, and the penguins did too. So maybe that's where the Rangers are right now. When you talk about, you hear all the time um, experience in the playoffs and how important it is. And I think that is huge right now. The Rangers are good and they're young and they're going to be good, but this is really their first exposure to the actual playoffs with an actual crowd. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a shock for them. And for the penguins, this is, you know, they've been through this many times before. So I think it, I think the experience issue is a huge advantage for the penguins. It is, you know, the Rangers haven't been there at all in five years. Um, so this has been, this is a new experience for even some of their more experienced, um, you know, more veteran players, but they do have a lot of younger players on their team, their goalie, this is his first playoff experience. And I think it's interesting that you're really seeing um, the, the pressure of this and what the Penguins fans did to him in the last couple of games. I think the <laughs> Penguins crowd, I, I think they played no small part in the outcome of, of those couple of games. He really crumbled when the chanting started and, you know, a couple of goals got past him and he just started to look unglued. He started to look really rattled. His game just fell apart and all of the, all of the precision with which he normally plays that position, you, you just saw all of it sort of fall by the wayside. And he looked like a very ordinary goaltender who was just kind of floundering. And I don't think the crowd had any small part to do with that. I, I think he really was rattled by it. And, and a more veteran goaltender kind of listens to that and shrugs it off and maybe even enjoys it. Like, yeah, fine. Hate me. This is great. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, he, he, he played the, you know, hate me card with the, you know, waving goodbye to them in the last regular season game. But uh, when push comes to shove and it, it's playoff pressure, uh, he, he looks like he's having a hard time with it. I was at the game last night and I, I mean, I've been to many games that might have been the loudest I've ever heard of the crowd and the entire crowd chanting Igor is <laughs> it was deafening. It was really loud. I you can, know, the, from the minute they started it in the first game here, I, it, it was surreal to me. I'm like, wow, it's his first playoff game here. He's already made himself a villain. This is, this is surreal. Yeah. <laughs> it's his parents' yeah. fault for having such a, such an easily singable name. <laughs> well, yeah, right. When they put Georgiev in. Yeah, we, yeah, you, we can't say Georgiev. Georgiev. Right? <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, the Rangers fans call him Georgie sometimes. So that, okay. that's an easily yeah. singable Georgie. name. Georgie. Yeah. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I also don't think you're going to see him uh, much back, at, even if they come back to Pittsburgh, because. Uh, He's uh, they're they're going back to Shesterkin as they should. I mean, he's he's their guy, but um, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty wild. And, and even you know, even when they did 
to the goalie replacement, they went with we want Igor as the chant and just kept on him. So. <laughs> he wasn't even there, and we were chanting we want Igor. That was so <laughs> well, funny. He's sitting on the bench, so it's like, hey, let's continue to torment him. You know, he, he's in earshot. Let's let's remind him that he was terrible. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a thing. If you if you would have asked me how I thought the series was going to go, that would not have been a not have been on my bingo card for certain. So you really thought if it, it's like, well, okay. It, you know, before the series, you would have said, well, if they're going to win games. It's going to be one, nothing, two to one. They'll be lucky to get any past <laughs> Igor. <laughs> and here we're, right? we're, 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 we're kicking touchdowns. We're, we're throwing touchdowns every <laughs> single game. Um, it, crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, these last few postseasons where they've gotten knocked out in the first round, they haven't been able to find any offense. So I, I think the fact that they've been able to generate this much offense against a team that, you know, you would think would be better able to shut them down and a goalie that would be better able to shut them down um, just really has me shaking my head. But the Rangers players too, like, I, I feel bad, honestly, I, I, I feel bad for the position that Shesterkin has found himself in because he has been hung out to dry by his yes. team. He, they, yes. they look terrible. They, they have absolutely collapsed in front of him and uh, not in a good way of actually collapsing in front of your goaltender, but like collapsed defensively. They just, they just look so bad and lost and the defense, the defensive coverage has been terrible. And, they they look lost. They don't know what to do with the Penguins. They absolutely don't know what to do with the Crosby line. They they can't handle that whatsoever. And now the Penguins are getting other lines to step up too. They have uh, you know as far as um, their expected goals the, uh, percentages, they have three of their four lines in the top eight in the playoffs altogether. So <laughs> when you have that kind of when you have that kind of uh, stuff happening for you know the just just your players making offense happen like that uh good luck i thought it was interesting after the game the rangers coach said well yeah we're going with igor he's our goalie and he he basically blamed the team and i look back at the game and he was absolutely right and you're right they hung Mm -hmm. him out to dry all, almost every single goal was one of the penguins planting themselves in front of the goalie so he couldn't see. Yep. And then somebody um, somebody gets off a shot and there's a deflection and it goes through Shesterkin. That's not his fault. I mean, yes, your goalie is allowed to just stop at this deflection. But still, when you make it you know, really impossible for him to do his job, that's yeah, that's on the team. Well, the Penguins have been saying for weeks, you know, uh, the the phrase they keep using is if he can see it, he's going to stop it. And they're absolutely right about that. So their approach was, you know, get shots in there, cross the net, make sure he doesn't see it, generate shots from in, you know, in tight. And they weren't doing that through the season. That was really a problem in those last three games. I felt they looked intimidated by him. I felt they were putting shots on from a distance that weren't really high percentage shots. And they they just looked like a team that, that were scared of this goaltender. And now they're in the playoffs and the playoff experience is coming into play. And they realize that when it's the postseason, you have to play a little differently. And if you look at the, um, I, I put in a story that I did last night, a heat map from natural Statric, 
and you can see where the shots were generated from. And the ranger shots, you can see they're, they're way far back and they're kind of generating the types of scoring chances and shots that the Penguins were generating through those last few games of the regular season. They're, they just are low percentage chances. They're not, you know, they're, they're things that if Louis Domingue sees he's, he's going to be able to stop or somebody's going to block, they're, they're just not good percentage chances. The Penguins' chances, you, you see all of this color around the net. And that's where they're generating the chances. That's what they had to do. And the Rangers are allowing them to do it. So, you know, um, unfortunate for them because the Penguins game plan is playing out to uh, exactly as the way they, they hoped it would. And it also the, the Crosby line and for in particular, Sidney Crosby is on some insane level right now Crosby might be playing the best of his career and that entire line is amazing uh memo to the Rangers that Gensel guy's pretty good you might want to cover him it's so it's so cool to see yeah you're absolutely right about Jake Gensel and he's just uh you know, he, he's, he's such a playoff producer and has been since he entered the league. So nothing, nothing about that surprises me. But um, obviously the, the Rangers aren't doing a very good job of shutting down um, either of those two. And uh, Crosby, I, I find it hilarious that every every year and next year in particular, he sort of starts to fall out of the conversation as the best player in the league. And you start to hear, OK, Connor McDavid or, you know, uh, Maybe it's Nathan McKinnon or whoever is being talked about as potentially the best player in the league now. And he just kind of falls out of the discussion. And then he comes into the playoffs and he's like, hey, I'm here. Um, remember me? And he, he's just dominating the discussion now. And he's dominating on the ice. And, and he is really leading the Penguins in this effort. So it's, it's been really fun to watch him. And, and just the plays he's making, you're reminded repeatedly of what an elite player he is. And, and still, even you know this far into his career, he not only hasn't lost anything, but I think he just keeps adding to his skill set. Um, as we've talked about before, he's a player that never rests on his skill set and feels very adamant that if anything feels like it's lacking in any given year, he goes off that summer and focuses on working on that. So he's just such a hardworking hockey player and always wants to continue getting better. And I, I agree with you. I don't think I've seen him functioning at a higher level than this. Apparently ESPN had him as the 19th best player going into the playoffs. Like, are you kidding me? It's such disrespect in my opinion, you know, it it really is. And I understand there's a lot of great players in this league now. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of players that have had really spectacular regular seasons and maybe the Penguins aren't a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And and I just admitted, I didn't even think they went around, but I think, you know what, I, I can tell you this, this tells you a little bit about how I feel about Sidney Crosby. I didn't think the Penguins would win around, but I'm in a playoff pool where I pick 25 players that you sort of ride the whole way through the playoffs. And however many points they score is, you know, how many points you get from them. So of course you want to pick players who you think are going to go far. So I picked, I think I have five players from Colorado on my team, you know, (laughs) pretty sure they're that that's really my pick to win the Stanley Cup. So you kind of weight the, you know, how many players you pick from a team based on how far you think they're going to go. But I picked one penguin 
And that's the penguin I picked because I figured, you know what, if they go out in a round, he could still do a lot of damage in that round. And if they happen to not go out in that round, at least I've got him. You know, but, and I just still, he, he functions at that level. And in the playoffs, he's such a competitive hockey player. He's going to produce for you. He just is. It also makes you wonder if he's also playing out of his mind because most likely this is the last time he cross he Malkin and Latang will be together. So oh, yeah, I've thought if, about if, that a lot. Yeah, if there's if there's this last dance mentality. Yeah, I think he's thinking about that. I absolutely think he's thinking about that. And and you know, can you imagine like the disappointment of okay, so we went into the playoffs with this last chance and you know, everything changes after this season and we went out in four or five games to the Rangers. I, I think he would be incredibly disappointed in that. So he, he's out there doing his best to make it happen and, and extend it as much as he can. And honestly, I was thinking about it last night, watching the way they're playing. And even though they might not be many people's pick as a Stanley Cup contender, you kind of look at the matchups and start to think about how it could potentially fall for them. And, you know, I still think a team like Colorado, that would be a, that would be a heck of a challenge if they got that far. But, um, you know, after you get past a first round like this and a team like this, and the way that they're playing these games, the way that they are starting to really find their game and find their offense, find the two-way game that they were able to play last night, they were practically playing keep away with the puck from the Rangers. The forecheck was so strong. And, if they're starting to find that type of game and just rolling into a future round, if they do manage to get out of this one, I, I feel like that's the way that you can start to roll in the playoffs. And maybe the next team that you see, if it's Carolina or whomever, you know, start, maybe you become a problem. So who knows what could happen? It makes you wonder because, I mean, we have been talking, you know, for the past year about, you know, how stacked the Eastern conference is and how tough it would be get to get far in the playoffs because the teams are so good, but the playoffs are a whole different thing and a whole different animal. So yeah. And, and the other thing to consider is the penguins are winning without not their starting goalie, not their backup, (laughs) their third string goalie, who is basically a folk hero, but I'm sorry. Um, as he would put it, not the best. <laughs> he is. I mean, he, you know, he's still a third string goalie. He's he's a journeyman goalie. He's thirty years old. He's played about six teams in the league. Um, you know, he he's he's an NHL goalie, and I, I have to give him a ton of credit. He came in, particularly that first game. He comes in in a second overtime. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and the the pressure that you come in. In that situation, knowing the next goal wins and you come in cold, I, I just can't even imagine the mentality of that. And somehow he hangs on. I think he made 17 saves in that game between the second and third overtimes and gives the Penguins the opportunity to win that game, which they do. And, you know, then he's the guy. We find out that Casey DeSmith has had season-ending core muscle surgery again. So... You know, Tristan Jari, he's back on the ice, but he is not coming riding in to save the Penguins, you know, next game or 
maybe even the game after, maybe if they get to the next round, maybe he's ready at that point, but, but that's just not a position where you can rush a player back. So I, I think it's, you know, it's Louis Deming's net for a minute. And I, I almost wonder uh, if the Penguins are playing the way they are a little bit because they're aware of what this goaltending situation is. I wonder if this benefits them. You know, it's really odd to talk about it potentially benefiting them, but remember early in the season when they really were buying into Mike Sullivan's system and it was just so incredibly impressive how this team that never cared about playing defensively was suddenly playing so responsibly and making smart decisions with the pocket. I feel like that's what we're seeing right now. And what was the common denominator? Back in the start of the season, they're missing Crosby. They're missing Malkin. They just keep losing players to injury or to COVID. And it's next man up. And they're like, okay, we're fine. We've got our system. We're playing our system. I feel like maybe that's a little what you're seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was they were playing his system perfectly and they were just rattling off like huge winning streaks. So Mm -hmm. um, funny. Um, Yeah. I I think a lot of that is mental. I think a lot of that is, Hey, we got maybe not the best goalie back here. Let's, let's protect them. Now they didn't do that in what was a game two when they got blown out. But uh, this, this past game, the Ming was, was not challenged that much. Uh, and it is also the, the crowd looks funny because anything, anything the Domingue would do, the, the crowd would just start to lose. <laughs> the support was, has been fantastic for him. It's, it's yeah, it's it's so cute. It's so cute. It's a, it such a story. Um, it's wonderful. I mean, he's he's super likable. I, I don't know how you couldn't like him. And and the story is great. Um so I, I just think the same way as the, the crowd uh, getting on Shesterkin's case, I think has made a real negative difference for him. I think the extreme positive support for Louis Deming has made a real positive difference for him. And he, um, you know, in game three, uh, at the end of the game, they were interviewing him and uh, trying to interview him on the ice after the game and, and the fans were just drowning out Sam Pocash <laughs> with the loo and Domingue uh, grabs the microphone from him and, and says, you know, thank you fans. And, um, he was just so obviously uh, moved by it and it was, it was just a really nice moment. So I think uh, the fans know what they're feeling with here. They know he's a third string bully and uh, I think just like you said, if, if you kind of rally behind everything positive he does, but, but he has, a, to his credit, he has been a capable enough NHL goaltender through this yeah. year. It's like, yeah. he, he hasn't been a superstar. He hasn't had to be, but like, I think of there was one uh, moment in game three where he made a huge, it was when it was four to four and the Penguins have blown that lead and, and, you know, it's a tie game at this point. I think it was in the third period. And he made a really, really spectacular sort of a post-to-post save on Artemi Panarin, who's, you know, no slouch of a hockey player. And it was one of those deals where you make the save at the one end and then play almost immediately goes the other end and, and yeah. the Penguins manage to get the goal. And that's the goal that puts them ahead and ends up being the game winner. And if he doesn't make that huge save at that moment, maybe that doesn't go the other way and they don't get that chance to win. So those are the types of saves when they talk about timely saves. Uh, 
that stick in my mind. And, and that's what you need from your goalie occasionally through the playoffs. And, you know, he has managed to give them that. Another surprise is Kasperi Kapanen. Who'd yeah. have thunk? <laughs> thunk the, the guy that was slumping all year suddenly comes alive in the in the uh, playoffs. And he even acknowledges, like, hey, I, better late than never, I guess. Oh, man, that guy. I, You know, it's so maddening because you see him last night. He makes this pass to Evgeny Malkin. That, that's just this no-look behind the back pass and you look at him like it's like a Harlem Globetrotter type pass and you just <laughs> you shake your head like are you kidding me like where where is this like why why don't you show this more because clearly you've got it it's it's, it's so painful that that he has that skill and a lot of times I just get the feeling that he he doesn't care to do the things he knows he has to do and, and it's very frustrating so I, I don't know um but right now you know uh, it the the hope has always been that he would find that chemistry with getting open and that has been apparent at times through this series and if that continues to work out if that would manage to be something that would catch on for the long run it would feel amazing that the Penguins didn't move him at the deadline because Kasperi Kapanen clicking with Evgeny Malkin, well, assuming Evgeny Malkin stays because that's not a done deal either, is it? But um, yeah, it, you know, if those two could click, uh, that that's just that's something that you've been hoping to see for quite some time. So um, yeah, just just frustrating. He he just kind of feels to me sometimes like like that kid in school who's you know, everybody knows he's one of the smartest kids in the class, but he's just content to get C's. Just, <laughs> that's, you know? that's, that is the perfect description of him. It's yeah. just how I, I always think of him. You know, he's just that kid that you look at. You know, I, I have a brother like that. He's, he's a doctor <laughs> now, by the way. Um, but, but he went through school and, and he was that kid that just got C's. And you, you looked at him and you were like, this is ridiculous because you were so much better than that. And the teacher's like, pulling he, their hair out. It's like, I know you could do better. You know, my, my mother would be at home sitting at the table with him, you know, trying to get him to do his homework and he just didn't <laughs> care. And I, I remember all the things she missed because she's sitting there like struggling with him to Aww. do his work. And I'm like, you know, this isn't right. <laughs> this just isn't right. And she would say, you don't understand because it comes easy to you. And I would just shake my head and, and say, that's not what's happening here. <laughs> it, it doesn't come easy to me. It's like, I care. And, you know, it, if he would care, it would be a completely different story. Then one day, of course, you know, life happens and it clicks for him. And he's like, oh, maybe I should care. And as I said, now he's a doctor. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what gets very happening. It reminds me of just how, how, Maybe one day it'll click and he'll become his own version of a doctor. But I just uh, look at him and I'm like, man, this guy is just, he's just happy being what he is, you know, but it's, he's got it. He's absolutely got it. And you see those glimpses and boy, he's, uh, he's an impressive player to watch when he's, uh, when he's got it going. That line with Malkin, um, Kapanen and Heinen are doing so well. 
But yeah. what do you do when Raquel comes back? It looks like he's coming back pretty soon. I mean, the, do you put him on the third line with Carter and Zucker? Or I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe Raquel doesn't have a place now. Oh, Raquel has a place. They didn't give up those assets for him and not have him have a place. Trust me. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that line, that third line that you just mentioned is the line that could actually use a little bit of a boost right now. That's the only line that's not um, currently generating as much offensively. So maybe that is the line that, that could use some, uh, you know, a little boost um, offensively. And maybe, maybe that is where Raquel starts out if they don't want to mess with what's working on that second line. Who knows? Um, but I do think they brought him in specifically to uh, play alongside Malkin. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back there. Another nice surprise right now. Um, also, it would be very easy to say, oh, not Danton Heinen off of that line. But Danton Heinen has, I think it's six goals in his last 12 games. And, and so he's been a streaky scorer for a lot of the, a lot of his career, but you know, this season we've certainly seen that. And right now he's on a pretty good streak. So I don't know if this is necessarily the time you want to mess with that either. So uh, he was a player to me that could have, when they got healthy, actually fallen out of the lineup entirely, but uh, not so much right now. He is super streaky. He is he mm -hmm. he will go on these great goal tears, and then there are times where he deserves to be benched because he looks like he he's he's never seen an ice rink before. So, um, yeah, yeah ride the sense. wave if he's doing well. Ride keep keep him in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't change much given what we've seen the last couple of games. I you know you've got seven goals over each of the last two games. I don't know what why you would uh, mess with that. I wonder if Evan Rodriguez is also getting on one of those hot streaks again, like he did earlier in the season. Yeah, definitely starting to see signs of that. And he is a player who has talked about his confidence being such an important factor. I don't think I have ever seen a hockey player who um, acknowledges that his confidence is such a big deal for him. And if it's not working for him at the time, if things aren't going in, he, he can be getting chances, but if they're not bearing, he's uh, the confidence is just dwindling for him. And if his confidence is coming back and right now he is starting to get those get you know get those rewards and I think that is a player that really feeds off of it and now that he's starting to get that success again I, I think you could see him head right back on one of those streaks because he is very much a player who thrives on, on when he is feeling it so it's really odd because I've never seen a player talk so much about about how much that does affect him and, and very clearly uh you know, shows you how much hockey can be a mental game. I've never seen anything like uh, Rodriguez earlier in the in the regular season. He was he was maybe the best player in the league. He was just on fire, like I've never seen anyone. So, and then he just came back down to earth. So yeah, yeah, it's you know, it got to be mental. Um, yeah, I, I, I wonder if Boyle should maybe be replaced by O'Connor. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that personally. And I really like Brian Boyle and love what he did this year for the Penguins. I think he's filled in admirably during times he's needed to. And he, there's been times he's really brought a really, a really good element to that team in terms of what they've needed on that fourth line. But um, you know, he has even shipped in the occasional goal. He, he's just, he's brought a lot of positives to the team. But I think overall, 
the style they're trying to play. You know, and right now they're they're pretty successful at it in terms of the intensity of the forecheck, the skating. The, they're, they're trying to play this speed game to compete with the Rangers' speed. And as much as I kind of laughed at that through the season, you know, like, okay, you guys still think you're the team from 2016, 17, and, and you're a few years older than that now, and maybe that's not going to work for you anymore. Maybe you're going to need to adjust that approach a bit. I, I do think right now they are very much effective at that skating game and, and the energy and the forecheck is really working for them. So um, I, I just think when they're trying to play that type of game, a player like Brian Boyle isn't necessarily able to contribute at the level that you might hope he would. So Drew O'Connor, another strong player as far as a, a physical player. He's absolutely worked on that element of his game, but also could probably bring a little bit more in terms of the speed and skating and a little more of an offensive upside. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And on the defense, uh, because Dumoulin is hurt, you have Matheson up with Latang, and it's not totally working all the time but then do they really have a choice because you don't want to break up yeah. Marino and Pedersen and Friedman and Ruedel just don't you know aren't qualified to be up there with Latang. so you're kind of stuck with that and you hope that it gets better yeah I think that's exactly what um, Mike Sullivan is doing at this point is hoping it gets better because you know he he went in the third period of the previous game um when Matheson and Latang were an absolute train wreck and, and were responsible for um, pretty directly for a couple of those goals that led to the Penguins um, blowing that 4-1 lead. Just uh, just really head scratching. And Mike Matheson is just just not a great compliment to Chris Latang. He does not allow him to play Chris Latang's game the way that Brian Dumoulin uh, facilitates that ability for Chris Latang to sort of take a little more risk in his play. Um, even the version of Brian Dumoulin we saw this year, who I thought was not a great version of Brian Dumoulin, um, I still, uh, he knows Chris Letang, he reads Chris Letang well, he, he's infinitely better at that. So it, it's been, uh, been rough to watch that pairing when it hasn't worked, but um, he was right back to it at the start of game four. And I kind of shook my head about that, but I think you're exactly right. I think he just doesn't like messing with that second pair of Patterson and Marino and Patterson's the one that got bumped up with Latang during that third period of the previous game, just because I think he needed to do something and stop the bleeding. But uh, I, you know, went right back to it and this is what you've got at this point. This is what you have to do when you have injury situations. So I, uh, you know, I guess they go with it for, <laughs> for as long as they have to. And, and hopefully those two continue to learn to work better and improve. And I thought Latang did a better job overall this year of making smarter plays and being a little more defensively responsible. So maybe that's just something he's going to need to focus on in his own game too, um, knowing that he doesn't necessarily have a defensive partner who can make up for that for him. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, if you think you have to be the offensive one, but you have someone that's also uh, very good offensively, maybe it's like, okay, maybe I'll be the defensive guy. And because Latang is so good, he could, he could easily be like a, a, a defensive star if he wanted to, 
It's just <laughs> uh, absolutely. But also, I think just from the perspective of like, hey, if if that play's not there, if that's good, if if there's if there's a fifty percent possibility that that play you're about to make could lead to a turnover, maybe just don't make that play. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like maybe just be a little more thoughtful about things like that, because normally Chris Latang is going to make that play and he's going to take that 50 percent chance. But, right. um, you know, maybe maybe now is not the time. Maybe now just be a little more thoughtful and and think about what you're dealing with from the injury and partner situation. Exactly. So do you think they close it out in game five or is this going six or seven? You know, I I feel like the Penguins have. I'm interested to see what they do, honestly, because I feel like we've, we've been talking about the, the maturity and the veteran leadership of this team and how we've really seen them learn some lessons here the last couple games. What I would love to see from them tomorrow night is it would be really neat to see them go out and say, yeah, we theoretically have three chances to close this out, but we really don't want to get into that. Like you blow game five and you come back to Pittsburgh and you're, you're just starting to take chances with the series at that point. Let's let's come out here and play the same way we played in Pittsburgh and let's just get this over with. Like I, I want to see that level of maturity. I want to see that level of let's not take our foot off the gas and let's play the same style of game we played in Pittsburgh. So um you know, I think if they go out and give it their best shot and play very similarly to what they played here, um, they could be wrapping it up tomorrow. But, you know, the Rangers are obviously going to come with their best effort. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Shisterkin look more like the Vesna, uh, probable Vesna winner that he is tomorrow because he's way too good for what he's looked like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you figure he's going to bounce back. You figure the whole team is going to bounce back. But yeah, it would yeah. be nice if the Penguins just said, hey, if we win Wednesday, we get we get a nice little break here, guys. <laughs> we can, we can, yeah. we can rest up and, and let let our hurt players uh, come back. So, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll I think it'll end up going to six. But it would be nice. Yeah, it would be nice if the Penguins made that statement and said, "Okay, you, you guys, you, you Rangers, you're just not. It's not your year. It, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, you're the future. You're not now." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is your year to learn, and you know, we're the we're the ones who have been there, done that, and, and we're we're going to go on. It would it would be nice to see them go out and make that statement. I think uh, really that you know the point you made about getting a chance to rest from injury not only the players who are actually on the shelf with injuries right now, but even players who are trying to play right now. Like uh, last night, there was a point that it looked like Jason Zucker was shook, uh, shook up again. Yeah. And uh, he, he's had a few moments like that through, you know, through the season since he's come back. And um, he, there, there was a point in time that he was near the bench, but not on the bench. He was like near the runway, but he was kind of, sitting on something else and looked like he was sort of rocking back and forth and it's like oh my goodness he's trying to get himself through like something's wrong and he's gonna keep trying to play so just stuff like that and uh you know there there are players out there this time of year who are playing through various stuff and just aren't gonna sit out so um yeah like chris chris Kreider came back uh, yesterday with a uh, puck sized uh, puck shaped uh, bruise on his neck uh, from <laughs> 
somebody posted about that because I did not think he was coming back after taking this incredible shot um, from it it was uh, Mika Zibanejad shot it but uh, I think it's deflected off somebody from the Penguins and uh, ended up right hitting hitting Chris Kreider in the throat um, at full speed and oh did he look in terrible pain going down the runway and I thought wow this is something to watch because he's probably their best player and probably uh probably will be their captain at some point soon and it just uh this is going to be a really big loss and he comes out for the next period and I'm stunned and I, I saw somebody post yeah here's here's what he's out there looking like so yep uh that's just how you play in the playoffs so he probably has a broken through. neck or a or crushed larynx I, or something like that he's just playing I, through it yeah yeah I <laughs> yeah just play through the pain of whatever the oh my goodness I don't even want to know <laughs> Like yeah. pro- it's probably it's, it's like in that collarbone area, probably like oh my gosh, Ugh. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to. Uh, so yeah, I, it's I, so bad. I, I, I... I heard Phil Borka recently. He's like, you know, when he was playing and, and being in the playoffs, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed, let alone play tonight. But somehow they find a way to play. Yeah, th- th- they have to be so sore or just so injured or who knows what's going on. So terrible. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they do find a way to close this out and uh, and get themselves some rest and head into a next series on a big high of, of having, you know, really surprised a lot of people, but um, obviously not themselves because they've been talking like this the whole time. And, and, uh, you know, I, I am certainly impressed. Gotta say so far, yes. they have really been something. It's fun. It's just fun. It's, it's, it is it way is. more fun than the past few years when it, when it's just extremely frustrating watching them play, you know, the Islanders or the Montreal or whoever, this is, you know, no matter what happens, this is just a lot of fun. Couldn't agree with you more. It's been really a lot of fun to watch and, and just fun to watch the Penguins elite players playing like the Penguins elite players again. Yes. Like that for yes. me has been the most fun of it. Yes. All right. And this conversation has been fun. So yeah, thanks, uh, always. Thank always. you for having me. Thank you. All right. I'll see you. Take care. Bye.